I always wanted to make HBO miniseries about the Raiders in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And each season would be about that decade. I think it would be fascinating as much as the Lakers one is. You're just going straight to the top. You're just going, yeah, I'm going to get to HBO and make a miniseries on HBO about this shit. I'd love to watch a, like a limited series on the on the Minnesota Vikings and their boat party scandal. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stick. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man, with Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Stephen, how big or small would you say your hands are? I was genuinely curious about that. I came home and 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 uh, you measured your hands. Measured them. Good lord! How did I not think of the word measure? Uh, yeah, they're like six and a half inches. <laughs> Mine are probably in the same vein. It just reminds me of uh, that Burger King commercial. You know, the one where I sent the tweet out today, which is the guy with the small hands. I can't put that. I can't, I can't fit that big burger in my mouth. I have these little hands. Yeah. These little hands. I can't do it. I kept on. I kept on going back to Always Sunny with Uncle Jack, who was very self conscious about his hand his hand size. So anytime that was that- Charlie's uh, uncle, Charlie. Charlie's creepy uncle and very he, creepy uncle. <laughs> he came in and uh, uh, there's another lawyer that's involved. The lawyer that's in there, by the way, the other lawyer, he is my, one of my favorite, just pompous. God, my mic wasn't even on. All right, there we go. Crazy pompous supporting characters who just come in every now and then and just make the gang feel stupid. And, uh, and then his uncle comes in and they're facing each other in a legal battle, and he's too nervous about the size of his hands. Oh, <laughs> so good. I haven't watched that show in a long time, but I need to get back into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Just Your Opinion, man. Stephen Langford, Derek Papa, and we're all about the combine today, man. Oh, yeah. A bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. No. Who cares? Who really cares? I mean, unless it's like something crazy, like when Chris Johnson ran his 40 time, I think he beat it the, the year after Darren McFadden, McFadden ran his, um, you know, DK Metcalf looking good. I don't think he, I don't think he did even anything amazing. It was just that he looked good without his shirt off. Mm. The combine to me is it's fun. I would say it's more fun for the fact that we get to get GMs and coaches talking and they really say nothing unless you're Bruce Arians and just want to stir some shit up. Mm-hmm. But as far as like any relevancy to the draft, I, guys don't even participate anymore. And this hand size stuff, I saw today. Everybody kept, you know. So Kenny Pickett has eight and a half uh, size hands, whatever that good, means. Good size. Yeah, it's better, bigger than you and me. Yeah, and they're not big enough for NFL standards. Apparently, um, he would have the smallest hands in the league. And I saw everybody was retweeting Joe Burrow's tweet from when he was a rookie saying, well, I was told today that my hands are too small, so I might as well retire. It's just shit like that. Like Alex Smith, the crack on him was his hands are too small. I think we're getting to the point in our society now where Wonderlick scores uh, 40 times. All this stuff in the combine, it's fun, and I'm sure I will get sucked into it. I mean, I, I have to. It's part of my job. 
but I don't know. Like I, I just none of that stuff really cares. None of that stuff really matters anymore. Have we learned already from watching Tom Brady in his underwear twenty two years ago that none of this shit really matters? I mean Tom Brady in a loose t shirt and basketball shorts, looking like he's in tenth grade gym. Yeah, when, when he was doing his con- when he's doing his dude, like it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. Um, what what's the video I saw? And this baffled me, man. It was Josh Allen's forty time. And they posted him, and then after that, they spliced in a video of Mo from The Office doing his run, uh, cousin Mo, uh, for, uh, Dwight Schrute's cousin, <laughs> and him running across. I was about to ask, who the hell are you talking about? But yeah, now I realize. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying all the obscure uh, uh, member cast members, characters of uh, sitcoms today. Some of the great supporting characters of our time in sitcoms. But um, he's running across the field, and I'm like, Man, Josh Allen is known as one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You wouldn't think that watching the combine. It completely fools you. You remember, you know who I thought was going to be – who I basically thought was going to be Aaron Donald up to this point. You know who I thought? Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe. Yep. After seeing that 40 time, you're like, oh, this dude runs really fast. And he was oh drafted God. high because of that. Shout you know out who to the, Who was it, the Chiefs or the Falcons who drafted Chiefs. Chiefs, 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 Chiefs did it twice. Yeah. You know who you know who else they drafted? Who? Wait, was Don Terry Poe originally on the Chiefs? Yes, he was. It was on the. It's either the Chiefs or the Falcons. I can't remember. No, which one. you know because he signed with the, the Falcons later on. Remember when he th- used to throw touchdown passes? Mm. Angry Pig Wright was the formation by Andy Reid. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, it was Don Terry Poe and another guy who was actually a good college prospect, but he was taken way too high because of what he did in the combine. Glenn Dorsey, remember him? Yes. A long time ago. Yes. Yeah. And another guy, AJ Jenkins, 49ers, good at mm-hmm. the combine, didn't do shit. I just, yeah. John Ross. John Ross, yep. Pretty fast. He's a free agent again this year. He was one of the um, fastest guys in the league uh, or in the in the combine when he was coming from Washington. And then I mean, where'd he where'd he go? Did he go to Cincinnati first? He was it's drafted just... by Cincinnati first, and we all thought that was gonna be a good pick. Him matched up with AJ Green, and I don't remember him doing anything significant. Okay. Uh, he was oh, on the Giants uh, last year, and I don't oh, remember him doing anything to him. Oh, you oh, got some news? Yeah, 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump for Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback Desmond Ritter. That is the third best ever by any quarterback since, ooh, this is a teaser, 2003. If I had to guess who that was back then. If ooh. you get the third best ever by any quarterback since 2003, the best broad, broad jump, jump, you say, huh? 2003. Are they counting it as the 2000? It'd be the 2003 combine for the 2003 season. Well, it wouldn't be any, wouldn't be any active quarterbacks because anyone's from 2004 gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, Brady included now. 2003. Uh, All right, I'm I'm gonna take a crack at this. Kyle Bowler. (laughs) Okay, second guess. Byron Leftwich. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. You know what? I'm gonna tweet at the NFL and see uh, who are the first two. <laughs> like that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, so they don't even give the answer. No, they don't even give the answer. So uh, I'm gonna I'm walk. Into, at him. I'm gonna walk into the office tomorrow and shake my fist at somebody. I literally see that. There you go. Who are the first two? Let's see if we get a response <laughs> by the after by, by the by the by the end of this thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, man. I'm, I don't care about the combine. I just nah, don't. I mean, no. Nah, I mean, I. You know, it's the thing that I like about it back in the day was Mike Mayock. 
Mike Mayock and Rich Eisen doing it together was just funny to me because it was it was Mike Mayock's like time to shine and just be like, uh, oh, this guy I've watched tape on him all week. And then when he when he get bored, he'd bust into Rapper's Delight and just uh, start busting some rhymes. <laughs> because I'm sure by the third or fourth day, you're just like you're punch drunk and just being like, all right, now this is so and so. He's a fullback from Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could care less at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm currently looking for my favorite moment right now, actually. In, in combine history? No, in the combine. Uh, well, it's not by any who player. Was, who was the guy that had his dick pop out while he was running the 40? Ooh, I don't remember that. Yeah, what happened? Happened a couple times. Apparently, Yikes. Tim Ryan, that happened to him, too. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, bro, my dick's out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, Stephen, because you hit me with a fantastic uh, topic segment that you came up with for your 5 a.m. show. And I want you to incorporate it here because not a lot has gone on in the NFL the last few days since we've done a podcast. Not anything significant to me, at least. We'll talk about some other like some little news here or there. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime get a contract extension. Kind of the weird, kind of a weird timing, considering that they're fighting with Kyler Murray. But I think at the end of the day, he'll get a contract extension too. I saw that uh, Cliff went on Pat McAfee, which it's hilarious to me because the the combine's in Indy, so they shuttled all these coaches. I, I guess Pat McAfee's at the combine, but coaches are now going on the show as part of like a combine circuit thing. Just funny to me. I noticed that. Yeah, they were having like uh, Brandon Staley and all these other guys. Yeah. On. But Cliff, Cliff basically said that him and Kyler are in a good place. Everything's fine. Could be bullshit. Could be not. But I expect them at the end of the day, within a few weeks here, that Kyler signs, signs a contract extension with them. It's a terrible and mistake. You think so? Yeah. I just think that that Cardinals team, man, everything that's happened with Kyler Murray, it starts from starts from the top, man. He's been spoiled. And I just he think He has that, been spoiled. I think, I, I think it starts with Cliff. I wouldn't have given Cliff a contract extension. I think it's too late at this point. I think if you're going to give him a contract extension, you got to give Kyler one too. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that, but it's probably because a lot of bad press is coming out where the owner was going to withhold the playoff money because he was so mad with the outcome of the game. But at this point, if you're giving the GM and the coach contract extensions, I think you got to give Kyler one because otherwise it's going to look 10 times worse. Yeah, no doubt. But let's do this QB carousel, my man. You did this on the 5 a.m. show, I'm assuming, this morning? I did. I don't know how it worked out. I went a little long. No one texted in saying it was any good. So, uh, you know, (laughs) they didn't say anything bad, but they didn't say anything good. So I don't really know uh, how it went, but I think it went well. Will you be the circus leader and let's uh, let's, let's try it out? You know what? Let's let's get a little... Let's get a little... Uh, you got circus music on this thing now? No circus music. Let's just get a little... Uh, let's just get this little dance pop number going. Oh, All you right. like this? Nah, no, nah, we need it. You know what? Let's get a new one. Yeah, you know what? Thing. We'll just play a little rock. We'll play a little rock. Oh. Wow. It's taking a while. All right. <laughs> Start the segment, Steven. Let me lower this shit. Okay. All right. Who do you want to start off with, Derek? In the QB carousel? Well, who you got, my man? Uh, well, I got Aaron Rodgers. I got Russell Wilson. Tom Brady's on the quarterback carousel. I got Deshaun Watson. I got Carson Wentz. Who do you want to start off with? Uh, 
Well, I'll ask you first of off, do you really think, okay, well, I'll, I'll chime in later. Start with Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers, he's on the carousel, Derek. Now, he thinks he's riding a stallion across the Sahara Desert, but really, it's just a carousel, Aaron. Calm down. I understand the punch of karma. I understand the chi, but it's just a carousel. That's all you're doing. You're in an amusement park. Now, Packers GM Brian Gutekind said the pack, wait, Excuse me. Packers GM Brian Kudigan said the Packers have received zero, I repeat, zero calls about Aaron Rodgers. Even though Washington Commanders GM Martin Mayhew said that they've had calls with every team who has an available quarterback. Are the Packers really lying here? Have they received zero calls about Aaron Rodgers? Call them bullshit on that. Matt LaFleur, and this is my favorite one, he said that he doesn't want to be overbearing and tell him every day how much they love him and how much that they want him back. But then LaFleur said he also said Rodgers played a significant role in bringing back their old quarterback coach, Tom Clements, who retired in 2016. They brought him back six years later. Six years later, after retiring in 2016, Nathaniel Hackett's in Denver saying, what the fuck, man? <laughs> You told me that I was gonna go to Denver. That you were gonna call. You were gonna come with me. Yeah. What are you doing? Now I'm stuck here with Drew Locke. Is Drew Locke my quarterback? F off, Darren. So I feel bad for Nathaniel Hackett and all this. That's really what I take away. I feel bad for Nathaniel Hackett as well. Who else you want to go with here? Which one next? Uh, who else you got? You got uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. I got Deshaun Watson. He's currently on the quarterback carousel right now. Uh, the Dolphins GM, Chris Greer, said that they've completely shut the door on trading for Watson. They believe in Tua's development. But when he was asked if Tua can be elite, he said, I can't say he can't be. I don't know what that means to you, Derek, but to me, that says he can't. Can I chime in real quick? Yeah. So, double negatives. So, what was the actual quote right there that Chris Greer said? I can't say he can't be. Okay. That's kind of a like a kind of a dig at Tua. During the season, he was asked, Do you expect to be here come the trade deadline? And he gave a double negative two, like, I don't not expect to be here, or some stupid thing. So it runs in the organization. Double negatives all the time. You'll see Mike McDaniel start saying double negatives now too. <laughs> he will. And actually got way, a Mike. I, I love got a Mike McDaniel. When John Lynch was doing his press conference? Oh. Heck yeah, John. Yeah. He's growing on me. He's growing on me. Continue oh. with the carousel. He's the best. I'm a Dolphins fan now. Uh, but Ew. he doesn't have much confidence in Tua Tungavialoa. But when you go to the Eagles and their GM, Howie Roseman, when no, he was asked guy. about adding Watson, he had a little more conviction. When he was asked about Watson, he said, quote, we have Jalen Hurts, a guy who's led this team to the playoffs, unquote. Well, Jalen Hurts completed 53% of his passes for a touchdown and two interceptions, losing 31-15 to in the wild card round. I love Jalen Hurts as a player. I think I like, I like him as a person, too. Seems like an overall good guy. Everything that happened over there in Washington with the stands falling, helping everybody out. But as far as the list of reasons to not trade for Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts saying we have Jalen Hurts pretty far down the list on the reasons as to why you shouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't know, maybe bad PR. Maybe, you know, you don't want to be the laughingstock of the league if he doesn't play, if he gets convicted. I don't know. I just wouldn't list Jalen Hurts 
at the top of my board there as to why we shouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson. Jalen Hurts, so the, his reasoning is Jalen Hurts was was with us in the playoffs last year, correct? Led the team to the playoffs. They were 9-8. and eight. Yeah, Jared Goff led the Rams to the Super Bowl. Just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Well, Just saying. Deshaun Watson is with the Texans for right now, and head coach Lovey Smith basically said he just wants the process sped up. What I gathered from that is, just tell me whether I got to play with Davis Mills or not. Please, just let me know now. I want this to end. It's kind of like the same thing with, uh, it's kind of like the same thing with, oh God, I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> keep it going here. Keep it going here. Keep it going here. Let's end with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is also calling the carousel because it's funny because he's not on it because he, his time with the 49ers has been a lot like a carousel, very up and down while really not having much to do. Just along for the ride. Ooh, ouch. Mm. Okay, Kyler Murray would have been on the carousel, but he was too busy in the amusement park complaining about that he's not too tall to ride the rides. Oh, nicely done there, Steven. Nicely done. Carson Wentz. You want me to go Carson Wentz? Yeah, just real quick because his name's brought up a lot, and I don't think he is on the move, but... <sighs> Carson Wentz is also on the carousel, Derek. No, you don't have to be vaccinated. It doesn't matter on this ride. You're allowed whether you're not, you're vaccinated. It's okay. So that answers that question. The well, you Colts got Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz, but it did. The Colts GM Chris Ballard was asked about Carson Wentz's future. Well, he's immunized. You're allowed to be immunized, too. Oh. Chris Ballard was asked about Carson Wentz's future with the team, and he said, you'll find out soon. Carson Wentz had 27 <laughs> touchdowns, 7 interceptions in 2021. Not sure he's worth trading. 27 touchdowns, 7 interception guy. That's pretty good. I know he had a crappy game against the Raiders toward the end of the season, but he's a pretty service quarterback, probably better than anything else you'll get. So really, I think this just comes down to whether or not the Birkenstocks that Carson Wentz constantly recommended to not only Chris Ballard, but to the team comes down to whether they're comfortable or not. Dude never shuts up about them. It's an exclusive report. Birkenstocks? From me. It's okay. a report from me. He's constantly in the locker rooms just saying, guys, you got to try these things out. They are built for comfort. Carson Wentz. Don't know if he's going to be there anymore, though. Don't know if he's going to be there anymore. It might be because of the off-field issues. Can they get over them? We'll find out because apparently COVID's just fixed within the NFL now. No Ooh. more COVID protocols. Good ending, too, with the music there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, it is official today that the NFL has stopped with NF- with uh, COVID protocols. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Terrible. Um, let me just poke a hole in a few of these uh, horses on your carousel. Okay. So is Aaron Rodgers really on the carousel? Because the sense I'm getting is that they it sounds like they're working on a contract. Ian Rapport pretty much said today during the combine, they're not pressing him, God forbid, because if they push too much. I don't want to be overbearing. Back. Yeah, oh, they're, they're like a mother who has a teenager. Um, but it sounds like they're working on a contract for him to like this. This is going to end with Adam Schefter reporting. According to my sources, Aaron Rodgers has signed a two year blah, blah, blah agreement. And that's when and that's when Aaron Rodgers announces that he's coming back. Um, but he so still has it, though. That's why he's on the carousel so far. Now, OK, OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you think Russell Wilson is? Because all indications are that they're not going to budge on this, and he's too nice to want to demand a trade. No, I, I took him off the carousel. They have no intent in trading him, but, hey, Pete Carroll, he didn't necessarily shut the door. He just said, we have no intention of doing it, but they have no intention 
doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. A team could true. still come up with some sort of offer. I mean, hell, I don't know how they're going to build their team if they keep Russell Wilson there. It's a, it's time to just cut bait, maybe. Try and build for the future. Yeah, but a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, we're, we're treating this like it's NBA free agency with the mm. quarterbacks, right. where we're not thinking about what is the alternative. So when you say we're trading away Russell Wilson, okay, who do the Seahawks have? Nobody. Geno Smith? Don't think so. Geno, thanks. Exactly. When you say we're getting rid of Carson Wentz, who's going to play backup now? Who's, who's going to be the quarterback for the Colts now? It's going to be Sam Ellinger? Don't think so. Mm. So we understand that there's a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks, but there's a lot of teams that already have quarterbacks. I think the Carson Wentz thing is basically just the GM and the coach being pissed off of how the season ended and wanting him to take a massive pay cut. Uh, as far as Aaron Rodgers, I see him going back to the Packers. He just wants to milk this thing, so he has a good interview with Pat McAfee. Russell Wilson, while he wants to seem like a bad boy and demand a trade, his best spot is staying in Seattle. Mm. And who else did you say? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. You know, if Deshaun Watson is, you know, found not guilty or acquitted acquitted or in reality cuts a deal and signs an NDA, then he'll have a new team. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. And I back to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we kind of, at least I did, undermined the severity of the shoulder surgery. While I don't think it stops from him having a trade. I do think that it does impede how fast this trade will happen because I was expecting this thing to happen pretty soon. I would have expected it to happen with all the GMs talking at the combine within a couple weeks. I'm not so sure this gets done by free agency Yeah, because he, he, he can't pass the physical right now. Right. Well, whenever he gets the surgery, I don't know when that will be. Hopefully, soon as possible and i it's, you wonder why he didn't get the surgery done as soon as the season ended apparently he they didn't even know until a few days ago the, that's, the team and well, that's alarming that's yeah. alarming i don't know what they were trying to do they said they were trying to go through rehab and then they realized that he needed surgery and he won't be ready till the summer okay so while you and i were in agreement last podcast that we still think or expect him to find a new team for the 2022 season do you think that this somehow slows it down where I'm not saying he gets traded in July, but I don't know. And I've also checked into it. It would be bad for the 49ers to just cut him because he has something in his contract where he has an injury clause. So if they were to cut him, they would owe him $7.5 million. So the question is, would you rather just trade him? A team that's willing to take on Jimmy Garoppolo and his contract and the soldiers. Ooh, shoulder surgery that's going to mm -hmm. come and impede him until july do you cut him and eat the 7.5 million dollars or do you keep him on the roster until you know that he's healthy and willing to trade but then you are screwing up your cap because you don't have enough cap space to sign other players right not they uh i mean they're in a they're in a really sticky situation um i think they're going to try as hard as they can to find a trade partner like as hard as they can like to the point where you know, all right, you're not offering us, us anything. A, you're not, yeah, like you're not offering us a third. Okay, give us a fourth. You're not offering a fourth. Okay, fine. Just give us a fourth and give us a fourth next season and maybe a fifth this year. I don't know. Like anything to get him off the team because they do not want to spend any money to cut him when originally it was going to be worth like what, $2 million or something? If they would have yeah. cut him, they could have easily done that this year. 
or it would have been just nothing in dead cap. So I don't think they're really in a, in a, in a good spot right now. One thing to me um, that I'm interested to, to see next season, and this is really, this is, it's kind of boring, but I, 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 I am interested in seeing it. It's not the sexy thing, but it's the guys in the trenches. Um, DJ Jones is a very, very good player. And John Lynch said, it's going to be really challenging to sign him back. I believe Lakin Tomlinson is set up for a new deal. That dude, you didn't hear his name ever this season. And if you're a guard and you don't hear the guard's name, that means they're probably pretty good because they're not making that many mistakes. Lakin Tomlinson was very good this season. They're probably not going to be able to re-sign him. Um, and one thing that you need with Trey Lance, just so you can uh, decrease the risk of injury, is you need a good offensive line who's going to give him some protection next year. So I'm, I'm more curious to see how that plays out. I still don't think Jimmy Garoppolo um, is going to be on this team uh, anytime soon. I just don't. I don't think so either, but I don't think it helps the process. I think if you ask John Lynch, and he did an interview with Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football and talked to the media yesterday, and it sounds as if John Lynch wants to move on. Like immediately in that conversation, Peter Schrager's asking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the timeline and everything. They even bring up Chris Paul and talk about the thumb injury. They have the same thumb injury. Mm-hmm. John Lynch immediately goes, you know, he's talking about the injury with Jimmy. And then he says, but we're still fielding offers to kind of push the momentum out there. Like, guys, we know it's not ideal. He has a shoulder problem, but please just take him off our hands. Yeah. And then he immediately says, we feel good about Trey. So what it sounds like to me is that John Lynch wants to move on. Kyle, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about. And we, have, we don't know what was up with him and wanting Trey Lance to begin with because it sounded like Mac Jones was his guy. So I don't really know. This could, be, this could be interesting where this may not happen as quickly as everyone would hope. As far as other quarterbacks on the carousel, um, well, two guys you didn't mention on the carousel that I think it's set in stone they're coming back. Both of their uh, head coaches spoke yesterday. Kevin O'Connell, who has a good 40 time himself back in the day. I don't know if you've seen his combine history. He was at the 2008 combine. Mm-hmm. Fast combine. I don't know. A, a fast 40 time. I don't know what he ran. Uh-huh. But I saw the footage of it. Fast guy. I guess he yeah. couldn't play quarterback, but now he's the head coach of the Vikings. There we go. He is set in stone in having Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. The guys, they know each other from Washington. He was his quarterback coach. They're... Mm-hmm relatively the same age i want to say uh kirk is 33 and kevin o'connell's 36 35 Damn. um it's a it's a mcveigh stafford situation where they're going to build that offense around kirk cousins for better or for worse and i don't think that's a guy we should be talking about anymore for draft uh rumors he they the vikings are all in on kirk cousins and then the other guy is josh mcdaniels talking glowingly about Derek carr saying that absolutely, with the exception of barring injury, he's my starter come week one. Now, this is all lip service. We could be. But I truly believe that that's what their intention is, that Derek Carr is going to be their quarterback going forward. They said yeah. that they haven't had the, the contract negotiations yet. I don't think that's true. As much as I don't believe in Brian Gutekiss when he this says that teams haven't called him out Aaron Rodgers, that's bullshit. You don't think Nathaniel Hackett, the first day on the job, is like, all right, come on, give me, give me, yeah. give me, give me, give me, give me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that we shouldn't be talking about Derek Carr anymore. Don't think we should talk about Kirk Cousins. I think within a matter of days, maybe weeks, Aaron Rodgers is off the carousel. 
I don't think Russell Wilson was on the carousel to begin with just because his agent's an idiot by doing the, hey, I don't want to be traded, but these are a few teams I'm interested in. And Kyler Murray is just causing a big stink, and I don't think he should be on the carousel either. I think the only legitimate guys that are on the carousel as far as being trade bait are Jimmy Garoppolo and Deshaun Watson, and we are far from Deshaun Watson's legal troubles being over. What about Tom Brady? (sighs) Okay, again, and I know this is the unpopular opinion in today's player empowerment movement, but... Why should Bruce Arians and Jason Light just crumble to have Tom Brady go someplace else? Come on, people. This is yeah. a business. Yeah. So, no, I think Tom Brady's stuck. Well, if he... also to save themselves some money. Ooh, what do you mean? Save who money? Well, if they cut him, they'd have to owe $32 million in dead cap. Yeah, it's stupid all the way around. So, but if they trade him away, they won't be on the hook for that money. Correct, but then you're trading away what you want. You okay? Do you think it's good business? I understand we live in this new like. I I, I listen to people, people that I respect. But I listen to people say, if Tom Brady wants to go to San Francisco, he's going to go to San Francisco. Really? What power does he have to do that? This isn't the NBA free agency where LeBron James could go to the Lakers if he wants to. Mm. Tom Brady is under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so I'm sorry, Tom. You don't want to, You don't like Bruce Arians anymore? Tough shit. Sorry. Right. You signed the contract. And I know it's unpopular in, in today's age to think, like, you can't hold players hostages. He's, he's retired. He's retired. He's making his poor dad cry on the next episode of uh, The Man in the Arena. So if he comes out of retirement, you're either playing for the Buccaneers or sorry. You have to go back home to your wife and kids, which I know you hate. But he still hasn't retired. That's the fact. He hasn't retired. I know. He hasn't been put on the reserved retired list yet. They're waiting till June so that they don't have to pay all that $32 million. Well, if you were the Buccaneers, wouldn't you do the same thing? Yeah. I'm not saying. As soon as you put him on the, res- the retired list, his rights go into the ether. It's, it, anyone can pick him up. So do not do that. that. That's why Calvin Johnson and the Lions were fighting for so many years, because they weren't convinced that he was retired. Mm. Mm. So do, do you think, honestly, like it's smart for an NFL team – hearing like Tom Brady came to you and was like, Hey, I want to go play for the 49ers. Well, Tom, they're in our conference. If, if we give them you, then they were a game away from the Super Bowl. You think that's good business? Right? No, I'm with you. It's not yeah. good business. It's not. I so don't know. No, I, I, I would take Tom Brady off the carousel. Okay. All right. Well, he's still there. Technically <laughs> for now, technically for now, there. hopefully we get some actual news and we don't have to keep, talking about this but it's just as far as the quarterback trades i think it's only down to two people really and carson wentz carson wentz i still until it seems like they really don't like him like the colts really don't like him Mm. so unless they get an upgrade to quarterback i don't see how you make that move i would hang on to carson wentz but that's just my opinion i think he's a weird guy Carson Wentz? Yeah, like whenever we had people on the station from North Dakota State, whether it's radio hosts, people who were involved with the team, you know, we were always talking about Trey Lance versus Carson Wentz. What makes them different? What makes them similar? All this stuff because they were both bison. Um, And one of the things that one of the main points that everyone would make was that, well, Trey Lance connected way more with his teammates. Carson Wentz was kind of isolated from his teammates there at North Dakota State. Like there's not a lot there. There wasn't a lot of uh, synergy there when he was there. You heard the um, same thing with the Eagles. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I maybe there's a thing with the Colts where maybe they just don't like him. You know, like it's it seems I that I way. didn't watch any of the hard knocks. Did you see any of that? Yeah, I, I watched it. Um, was there anything noticeable with that? No, he he was tight. I mean, him and him and Frank Clo- or him and Frank Reich they can they can talk about the Bible all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Kelly, uh, the center, is close with him. It seemed like he was tight with Qu- uh, Quinn and Nelson. I can't speak right. to any of the skill position guys, but TV can also be be uh, deceiving. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I would stick with Carson Wentz, but if he is a detriment to your team, which I find hard to believe, but I don't know. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. Or just, you know, he just won't shut up about, about Birkenstocks, man. You guys got to try these. Things. <laughs> you're, you're throwing that rumor out there. You guys got to try these things. You got to try. They're so comfortable. I know they don't Thanks look good. Thanks for coming. <laughs> We're having a sale on Birkenstocks in the fall. <laughs> Chappelle reference. Don't, don't, don't kill me people. All right, should we talk about the Warriors? Ugh. <laughs> you turned on them already? Do we have to? Well, okay, here's my thing. <sighs> we have a standard now set for the Golden State Warriors for their five-year run, three championships, uh, five uh, NBA Finals appearances. Obviously, they've fallen on hard times of late, but they did get off to an amazing start and now it's kind of come back to reality where they're a normal NBA team and injuries are catching up with them. And after having that terrible game against the Mavericks where they blow a huge lead, they just have a hard time defending Carl Anthony towns and get outplayed by the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's not great. And they're sliding slower and slower to the third seed. We'll see what happens tonight when they play the Mavericks again. Mm -hmm. It is the Mavericks, right? Happening in, 50 minutes. Yep. They are in Dallas and Clay Thompson should be back. Cool. Okay. They got to play with some, some fire in them. Um, yeah. But is this more on us? Because while it is Steph and it is clay, and it is Draymond. And hopefully we get some good news on Draymond. I, Steve Kerr seemed encouraging today saying that he should be back within a couple weeks here. Hopefully I got some issue with something Draymond had to say, by the way, I do want to get to that after this. We'll bring that up. But is it, uh, the team has changed drastically. So while it's Steve Kerr and all those three guys, the three wise men, not James Wiseman, the three wise men, <laughs> is it more so on us that we're expecting too much of these of the new of the reboot of the Warriors? It's kind of like the Matrix, where we're expecting, you know, it's Keanu Reeves, it's Carrie Ann Moss, it's Steph, it's Clay, it's Draymond, but it's a lot of new pieces at the same time, and it may take time to grow. Well, it just sucks that the realization that they're not going to be the number one seed, it's officially come and gone, and you're seeing the Grizzlies start to jump up like seeding doesn't matter unless you're the number one seed it's totally fine um but man it just it's clear that if clay or draymond get hurt for maybe like two games in a series especially draymond like you're not winning that series there's a real possibility that you're going to lose those two games with whatever they're missing so i think it's just the proof i know they won whatever it was, nine in a row when Draymond was gone, but now they've lost six of their last eight, and they've done it to a team in the Timberwolves who were missing on Anthony Edwards. If mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards were on that team, it would have been more of a uh, more than a 15-point lead. He wouldn't have hurt him that much defensively because the Warriors just weren't knocking down shots. Look, And they were coming off a of back-to-back, too. They were, but I just... Minnesota, I mean, like they 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 should not have been right. as good as they were. Right, and and Carl Anthony Towns just destroyed them. But man, it's just 
I also think too, something that factors into it is when clay and Dre are gone off this team, like in the next couple of years, whenever their contracts are up, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen with clay. Dre is definitely not going to be there. Uh, you he's think going, so? Oh, he's going to TV. Wait, he's going, he signed a multi-year deal with TNT. He's going to TV as soon as his contracts up. Um, you think Wiggins, he's done playing basketball in two years? Yeah. Wiggins is going to be gone. Um, and, and they're probably going to give a contract extension to Jordan Poole. It just, you wonder, all right, they're trying to usher in this new era this season along with trying to win now. They're trying to develop their young talent. But, man, they're really going to have to shake things up within the front office because uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, as much as I love them, they're not going to turn into two guys who turned out to be the best three-point shooters that we've ever seen and a third guy in Draymond Green who's turned out to be one of the best leaders of a team that we've ever seen. Like, they're not going to turn into that. They're going to be very good players, but it's just – I think there's also that. that that that, And then you got Jordan Poole, too, who clearly is not okay with a bench roll, <laughs> at least relegating to the bench roll when Clay was out. Like, he went 0 for 7 and then went 0 for 4 from 3, and Curry's like, the job is to keep him engaged. It's, it's all about keeping him engaged. So clearly that's Steph's way of saying he wasn't engaged in that game against Dallas. That's all I'm saying. And, and they've just started to go downhill. And in the next 20 games, if they keep at this rate, like if they lose tonight, that's where I'm going to be thinking, how are they going to win more than two playoff series in this playoffs? Like how? Especially if Clay's there. Well, Steven, you're making it sound like they're owned by Chris Cohan, Chris Cohan again. Like it's, it's, it's not that bad. Like, They've been playing very bad basketball. I know they have been, but that's also a part of us that of what we expect. Do you understand what I'm saying? You remember remember a couple. You remember a couple years ago when Steve Kerr said, "We've been spoiled with how good the Warriors have been. They won Mm -hmm. like 60 games three years in a row, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Then was that one season when they won 58 games, and all of us lost our shit." Yeah, I remember it was the 2018 season. They were the second seed of the Rockets. In the end, they came back and won the championship. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I want to say Steve Kerr said, this is the real NBA. These, this, is, this is where shit hits the fan. You're going to have lazy nights. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have great win totals. You're going to lose three, four in a row. And I think that's what's going on here with the Warriors, where... I, I could see them very well winning the championship this year, and it would be fantastic. Or they don't, and it comes back to reality that maybe they're not going to be as dominant as in the past. Maybe they turn to the Spurs, where they go to a Western Conference Finals and lose, or go to the NBA Finals and lose, or lose in the second round. Mm-hmm. They may stay. I, I still think they're going to stay relevant and still stay a competitive team, but it may not be the same dominance that we've seen in the past. And as us, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't want to go you know, gloom and doom right now. But I think it's also just on us to realize what, how special that the past has been that if it is just, you know, they're not the same team anymore, but they are going to still be a competitive bunch. And that's what we should be happy about, but I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm just saying that we expect so much out of them that maybe they just go through a bad stretch a little bit and maybe they turn this around and maybe the other second seed and maybe they beat the Phoenix suns who are too busy just singing and dancing in pregame warmups. I think there still is a good chance, but we also shouldn't just, you know, they are coming off one of the worst seasons they had in a couple, a few seasons ago. They had a great season with Steph last year. They got bounced out by the Memphis Grizzlies. 
they are still learning. This is a new rebuild with some old faces. So I think yeah. we need to give it time a little bit. Well, yeah, sure. But the clock is ticking for Steph to win another championship. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I don't care about the legacy. I'm not saying I want Steph to win a championship just so Chris Russo can name him in his top 10 and can yell at Stephen A. Smith about it. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Oh, it's, it's great radio. I know you hate it, but my God, how do you not? How are you not entertained by two guys yelling and find it funny? I thought you would. But. Like, I just want to see Steph win another championship. That's all I'm saying. Do you think that I would want to watch Chris Russo and Stephen A. Smith yell at each other in the morning? How do you not find it funny? Like, why do you? Why are you taking them seriously? Because They're cartoon characters. It's hilarious. I probably shouldn't take it seriously. The problem I have is that people actually gravitate to that shit. Because it's so funny. It's so funny just watching two guys yell about top 10 in the NBA. Like, good Lord. I'm not going to sit there and tune into first take so I can watch them, but I will watch every video that I could possibly can because it's hilarious. I, I just remember Chris Russo uh, when he when he interviewed Rick Barry, and it was like, uh, you know, he was like, "Well, you you can't say that the uh, the the 73 and nine Warriors the greatest team of all time because they lost." And Rick Barry's like, "Well, hold on there. I think I think they're a great team. Oh no, no, come on." It's, it's relatively a basketball. You can't mm -hmm. say that the Warriors are that good of a team anymore. You're wrong. You're wrong, Rick. Hang up right now. You're a loser. Yeah, that's hilarious. Just, I can't shit. I can't stand shit like that. But it's I, so funny. Um, but uh, it, it, I mean, it's wrong, but it's funny. So that's really <laughs> that's really where I'm coming from. Is like I don't know what's gonna happen next season, but this season it felt like it was ripe for the Warriors taking, and now it just doesn't seem like it is right now. I mean, a lot, a lot can change in 20 games, dude. 20 games is a yeah, it's plenty of time. A, 20 of 20 games is a lot. But if they continue on the streak that they're on right now, I mean, it sucks because, like, I was going through the second-half stats, like, after that, uh, after that game against the, uh, the Timberwolves because it always felt like the second half is where they fell apart. And they were this – you remember this back in, back in, like, 2019 where they were this third-quarter crazy team, you know, that led no, to – Even Dub, before that. Even before that. That led, that. To, that led to Doug Constry and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I was about then, to say, like, what did you guys used to call it on the morning show? Yeah, then you had this year where they were leading by a large margin in point differential um, in the third quarter. Man, there was it was like the it was like the month of uh, October. They were a plus thirty two, which was like third in the league. And then in uh, November, they were plus one eighteen in the third quarter. It didn't matter what kind of lead anyone had in the first half. The Warriors were going to come back in the third quarter and at least make it close or take the lead. Um, but this month, since the beginning of February, it's the first time that they've hit the negatives uh, in the season. They were minus 29 ever since the beginning of February. It's just not good, man. It's just not good. And it's kind of depressing to talk about. So, and, and I just want to see Steph, Clay, and Dre win one more. And it just seems like uh, the clock's ticking on them. That's all. Well, I would say also that we are expecting them not to win just because they're going to get the third seed. Mm -hmm. You know what the Milwaukee Bucks were last year? I don't even remember. The third seed. No, seating doesn't matter. I told you that, but it's just exactly. I, it just sucks that they're not going to be the number one seed. That's all. It does suck, but I also think they're capable of of beating the Memphis Grizzlies in a seven game series. I think they're capable of beating the Phoenix Suns in a seven game series. I and I I should have even thought about this the other day when we were talking about James Harden and Joel Embiid. As good as they look, they still got to deal with the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference. So, right, I think they're capable of beating any team at any time in any place. Now, let me say this, though. It would be unfair if the Warriors get back from this road trip. I think, I think they've got two more games 
uh, on the road here after tonight. Then they're back at home for Chase, and then they go back on the road because they have to fill in that game from Denver that was postponed. Oh, it's ridiculous. They go um, to Denver, come back home, and then go back to Denver. I was proven very wrong. I'll, I'll go back on the on my pregame show and grab the cut of where I said, it doesn't matter. This team's too good. Who cares? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Who's going to care what's going to happen in March? But um, uh, I think it would be unfair if they go back to Chase Center. Let's just say they start playing like shit. You know, the fans are getting frustrated. I think it would be unfair to boo them. I think it would be very unfair for them to, for, for that to happen for the fans. However, I do not think it's unfair like Draymond Green did for think for the Lakers fans booing the Lakers at crypto.com arena when they were losing to the Pelicans. Did you see what Draymond said on his, uh, on his podcast? Draymond has opinion about everything these days. Um, yeah, he's on LeBron's side now because they're a part of the same agency. Listen to this quote here. This is from his podcast. You ready? Go for it. I have to speak on the booze last night. I thought that was insane, to be quite honest. From an organization that's had so much success to start booing when things aren't going right, that's kind of whack to me. Then everyone gets upset if a player comes down and said, oh, forget them fans, or they're not with us anyway. Then everyone seems to get upset and uptight about it. But as athletes, we're just supposed to sit back and be like, oh, they're booing us? Quite frankly, most of those people in the arena don't know how it feels to get booed. And so I guess I can cut a little slack if you're not understanding how it feels to get booed by your own. Now, for me, I actually like to get booed. Like when I come to Crypto Arena, boo me all you want. That's fun to me. The Cavs fans did it all weekend. Like I enjoy it. But to get booed by your own fans is very distasteful and disgraceful. And I was shocked to see that. I thought that was pathetic. I thought that was extremely pathetic. And like I said, I thought it was very distasteful from the fan base of an organization that has the most championships in the NBA. Let's not be so like spoiled brats. It's okay to be spoiled. You can 100% be spoiled. We all get spoiled by things at times at one point in our life or another. But let's not be brats. And that was about as bratty as something that I've seen, considering that this team just won a championship not even a full two years ago. And now you're booing. I thought that was utterly ridiculous and the moment that he's talking about is when they were losing to the pelicans and lebron has this careless turnover like just he, he just lost interest like i don't know man just to say that was insane and to call fans bratty just because they are expressing their frustration normally i'm on the player side with everything when it comes to this normally i am like any, anything bad that happens to the players from the fan perspective, I hate all of it. You know, everything from Malice at the Palace, the guy who threw the beer or whatever it was, uh, he deserves jail time for what he did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the guy who spit on Trey Young in Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. he deserves jail time for what he did. The people who are always yelling crap at Russell Wilson, like mean shit. Like that's that's Westbrook or Wilson. Huh? Or did Westbrook I, say or I said Wilson. Yeah. yeah. But that's not disgraceful just to boo your team when you don't feel like they're trying and they're making millions of dollars and you paid your hard earned money. Like what if this is the first time you're taking your kids to an arena yeah. and you just find that your favorite player of all time, the goat LeBron James had given up against a team like the Pelicans, the Pelicans, like it's yeah. just a way to express their displeasure. He said as a player, he's like, what we're supposed to say, Oh, they're booing us. No, as a player, you're supposed to say, damn, we're really bad right now. We should we should take what the fans are doing into account here and maybe try and up our play. Like getting booed, that's embarrassing, man. Why has it in the last couple of years that it's like bad behavior to boo at a sporting what, event? Like like booing is booing is not saying, oh like, like what does Draymond Green think it is? Booing booing is essentially I paid money to come to this game and I'm not getting what I expected. Now at the same time. It's a game. Shit's going to happen. It is what it is. 
Mm-hmm. This is sports. But fans are allowed to boo. You can't be an asshole and throw shit on the court. No. But you could boo. You're, yeah. It's okay to boo. And this is shocking to anybody that the Lakers fans, because they're having a shitty season, are going to boo? God forbid. But I also it's get they where they're do. coming from. I'm, I get well, where they're coming yeah. from, though. Well, LeBron set this up with his dumbass tweet at the beginning of the season, like, oh, don't don't hate on us when we're winning the championship. Your team yeah. sucks. And you're yeah. the one that orchestrated it. Like, I, yeah. I'm like, real quick, while I was gone for two weeks, the LeBron James stuff just annoyed the crap out of me. You want to play with Bronny? I would love to hear I would love to hear Bronny's take on that. I'm sure he would hate that. Um he's leaving the door open to go play for the Cavs. Go go go, Actually, go, never, go, go play for the Cavs. I God never, damn it. I never thought I never thought of that angle. <laughs> I never thought of that. Oh. Like, 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 let's just say hypothetically tomorrow my dad says, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for Derek to start doing being the stack guy for the Niner game. No one asked me about that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's just like, like LeBron James is going to start assuming, like, yeah, LeBron is going to be my teammate. Le- LeBron would probably fucking hate that. Bronny's um, not even a highly ranked prospect. Like, man, exactly. if I was, a, if I was, a, if I was the son of LeBron James and I was not even the best ranked player in my class, like, I wouldn't even want to go into the NBA just Can you because- imagine that? Because because I know, like, by the time LeBron has retired and he's played with his son for one year or whatever it is, then after that, it's just constantly you are under that spotlight of being LeBron James's son and you're just in the end not that good. Um, And, and you know what, though? That's the type of thing that's going to get him drafted. Like, if, if, you're a, if you're any team that could have LeBron for one year at the risk of drafting his son, like, in the second round, take that chance. What? I get the chance to get LeBron on my team? All right. <laughs> like... I can speak from personal experience. It's enough when you are considered um, a thing of, you know, a product of nepotism when you are working on your father's show. Can you imagine being your father's teammate and having all of your mm-hmm. teammates like, oh, daddy wants you to stay after and do some more reps? Like, that, that'd be terrible. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, oh, that'd be awful. But yeah, not with Draymond, though, man. Um, I, I just think, like, it's it's damn near, he's getting to that point where it's almost like it's jeff garcia and the mina kimes type thing where it's just you haven't had your hand in the dirt so you're not allowed to have an opinion it's not that strong it's not that strong as jeff garcia. i'm not saying it's the same thing yeah but it's like it's it's leaning toward that direction you haven't been booed you're not allowed to boo no you're not allowed to express your frustration no fans are allowed to boo like i'm i'm going to the game on on saturday and I would love it if the Laker fans booed the whole time because that means the Warriors will kick their ass. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even so sure about that anymore because I'm sure both teams with their struggles right now are going to be locked in and focused to play against each other. But that's just – it's symbolic because that's what Lakers fans are about. They want to win now. They want to do it. They want – you know, every year it's not enough if they don't win the championship. That's what LeBron was signing up for. So sorry. You constructed a shitty team. It's more your fault than Rob Palenka. You think he wanted Russell Westbrook and all these old guys? I don't think so. Just so, what happened to Draymond, the guy who used to hate LeBron, along with us Warriors? Yeah. Man? You know, now we now Money we talk talks. when we think about how much we love Draymond. Like part of the reason it's you know we always have that question in sports radio, dude. Anytime we don't have stuff to talk, why do why do fans really gravitate toward Draymond? Well, partially it's because he hated LeBron and the Cavs at the time when they were winning those championships during the, the finals. Was, he was on your side, and now he's just completely gone off it. It's and and I understand the stuff where. You know, he's saying like uh, he with the criticism of his defense, like he doesn't listen to those people because most people don't know shit and, mm. you know, goes on to say that. I actually understand that. I get that because there's a no, lot of intricacies to, uh, yeah, there's a lot of intric- intricacies to basketball that you can't call a pro player out for doing like you just don't know. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it goes back to a Twitter spaces where people are telling Kevin Durant, like, hey, man, you don't know what a, you don't know what a pick and roll is or something, or you don't know what a double team is. And it's like, all right, easy there. Do you not know who I am? I'm Kevin yeah, Durant. Exactly. That's but, what that whole thing was about, was basically reporters telling him how to play basketball. And he was like, I know how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. You guys don't need to tell me what to do. But if there's um, any fan base that's allowed to boo right now, I think the Lakers fan base is right up there just because of the expectation. Always, yeah. And then the way that they put in that effort, just awful. And then Shaq yeah. said that they, he looks like they gave up in that first half against Dallas. Yeah. Now, that being said, I would not want the Warriors fans to start doing that. No, that exactly. Would, that's what I said I at the beginning. I don't want them to stoop down to that level. But I do think, and this is going to bleed into our next conversation, the Warriors, even though the Lakers have won more recently, the Warriors are now up here as far as NBA dominance. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers are somewhere in the middle. They had one year success, really. Just went to the playoffs. And it's it's kind of a humble thing where the Warriors, you know, we do have expectations now. Obviously, we got a little spoiled with our five-year run. But at the end of the day, we're not going to be, you know, de- as demanding as Laker fans. No. And no, not like that. But if the if the team visibly looked like it was just giving up, like in just yeah. not even trying no, and you're yeah, at Chase then, Center and you pay all that money. Like yeah. I think it's warranted, but not right now, not no. this season because not right they're now. still in the playoff picture and you're still going to have a postseason. but the Lakers, they're putting themselves out of the playoff picture right now. Well, I hate the Lakers, but I'm going to have a Laker field weekend because as times have changed now that the Warriors are a different franchise than they were in the past, I'm going to see the Lakers play the Warriors on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, we get this amazing thing that I'm looking forward to. Winning time. The story of the Lakers dynasty. This and this HBO show. I know, Steven, you want to get to your UFC press conference. We'll go fast. <laughs> but um, this is a fascinating thing because I've always heard stories about the Lakers in the 80s. And they've had their dominance. They won five championships. I think they went to nine NBA finals total. They lost four, but they won five. Mm -hmm. And this is why the Lakers fans are so demanding. This is why they boo, because they set a precedent back in the 80s with Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all the craziness. Right. And this is, I think this is going to start to set a precedent for series uh, or series or movies of sports teams. There's, we all love documentaries, the 30 for 30s, the football lives, everything's that that's put on HBO Sports or ESPN Plus. We love documentaries, but very few good movies, biopics have been made about sports. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of Disney movies that have been made that are yeah, like the Kurt Warner thing. I haven't seen that yet. I heard but it's good. Is, you already heard it's good? Yeah, Miracle is okay. one of my favorites too. So don't make fun of the Disney biopics, bro. Miracle is one of the greatest movies of all time. Miracle is good. Miracle is good. Yeah, but I'm talking about as far as whenever you hear like, man, you should you should have seen the stuff behind the scenes of how this team used to run. Like we talked about in previous episodes, but the '80s Showtime Lakers are known as one of the most sexually active teams of all time. How do you take inventory of that? <laughs> Well, this I was like listening a, to an interview. So it's the like writer, a dude with a counter outside the door. Outside that's the one. Bedroom window. That's, that's two. One. That's five for Jerry Buss. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six for Magic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. Is is this going to sugarcoat it? Because by all indications, the former Laker greats are not happy about this doc. Or not, not even documentary. The exactly. show being made. 
Exactly. And it's one thing to get stories and retellings of things like at the last dance, but we're going to visually see Magic Johnson do some things. We're yeah. going to see the owners sleep with a lot of women. This is going to be not great to their image. Right. So I ask you, Stephen, I'm sure this is going to be very entertaining. I'm looking forward to it because Adam McKay is involved. And I was listening to an interview with the writer of the book that made the original con on the source material. And he said that none of the Lakers wanted to talk to him about this book. None of the Lakers wanted to be involved with a TV show, which makes it sound like this is going to be really good. That's the thing. The best, yeah. the best promotion that I saw for this was TMZ having a video of Magic Johnson who said, I'm not going to watch the TV show. I'm yeah. like, all right, perfect. He's we'll coming out with it. his own Apple Plus show to right. counteract whatever is shown right. on the show. But yeah. I ask you, what are some other teams that would be like, it's not, it's not so much that if you were just to show like a dominant team in the past for a TV show, just be like, oh, they won all the time. There was no adversity. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the Lakers is they won, but they also had, you know, their, their original coach got hurt. So then Paul West had had to come in and fill in. Then Larry, uh, Larry Riley or not Larry, uh, Pat Riley had to come in and coach the Lakers. Um, there was a lot of bickering between Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson. Um, there was just a lot of controversy at the same time winning. So I would love to see more of this. Like I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to make is around the time Al Davis died. Uh -huh. I wanted to make an HBO miniseries about the seventies Raiders, the Raiders in the sixties, seventies and eighties. And each season would be about that decade. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be fascinating as much as the Lakers one is because you got to have a franchise that's, you know, well-known to people and keep interest. And I think the Raiders, while they're not on the same level as the Lakers, it would be interesting to watch players or uh, actors play Ken Stabler. Right. Obviously, Al Davis, John Madden, and all the shit that Ken Stabler and Fred Belinikoff, if you've heard some of the stories they used to do off the field, it would just be interesting to see, like, a raunchy, like, yeah, we'll see the sports side of things. And you got that. You got to get that accurate. But it would also be fun to see, like, some of the stuff that we didn't get to see. I would think, in my personal opinion, I would love to see an HBO series done about the Raiders of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Do you have any particular teams that come to mind when you think of like teams that could have biopics made about them? So, um, by the way, this press conference hasn't started yet. I'll let you know when it does. And I mean, we got plenty of time here to talk. So okay. we're all good. Um, Sorry. No, you're all good. I know uh, your heart's set on these two friends. They're going to fight each other in this press conference. Dude, this is going to be great. These guys, like, <laughs> Oh, like they're just going to argue about who loves Trump more. It's going to be awesome. Oh, um, God. But uh, <laughs> what the hell is this? Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, dude. Okay. Um, okay. But the Raiders are a good one because not only do you have the party aspect of it, but you also have the fallout um, with Al Davis. And you also had a couple of those players pass away. Uh, from yep. those teams when they were too young, John Matuzak being yep. uh, one of those examples. So you'd have that drama to it. Marcus you Allen. You can't just choose like a, you, exactly. You can't just choose a team where, okay, they partied a lot and then they broke up. Like that's it. No, there has to be some drama behind it. There, It's the same with the Lakers. That's why the Lakers are perfect because of every, that's why Magic Johnson's a star because of, you know, it's, it's going to be a rise and fall uh, type of situation. I think. Um, with the Showtime Lakers, and it wasn't so much of a fall for Magic Johnson, but it was definitely sad news um, yeah. for him. And uh, that's it, so, how the series ends with the I, news that he has AIDS. I'd love to see that. I, one that I was writing down, and one that I'd love to see 
not so much about the team and what they did on the field, but I'd love to watch a like a limited series on the or even a movie on the Minnesota Vikings and their boat party scandal. <laughs> Genuinely. Just that one day where they all went said to have a sex party on the boat. If you wanna if you wanna talk raunchy and fallout, yeah. have some drama behind it. I mean, what would be better than to have a movie about that one year with the Minnesota Vikings boat party and everything that happened after that? Well, that's just basically an episode of Ballers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I know that, that's, that. that's not bad. Uh, what were the I've other ones? I also heard like the 86 there? Mets of how much they party, like uh, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, like the amount of drugs they did. And uh, Daryl Strawberry picking out girls in the crowd to be like, come meet me in the dugout in between innings. In between yeah. innings. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm currently I'm trying to finish this book on him. It's called uh, The Bad Guys One by Jeff Perlman. It's really good. That's the um, guy that wrote the book on uh yeah on the Showtime Lakers. Yeah, I'm trying to uh I'm trying He's, to I was listening to an interview he did with Chris Long. He is the guy that basically wants to write all the dirty shit that happened with sports back in the days. It's not yeah. so much that he wants to like get the dirt on everybody. He just loves telling stories that deserve to be told. Yeah, and he was telling these great stories about how Barry Bonds would just make up shit. Mm. Like he has so many unauthorized biographies published. Yeah, he has one on Bo Jackson. He has one on Brett Favre. He went up to Barry Bonds after a game one time, and he said, "Hey, Barry, um, you don't have to participate if you don't want to, but I'm running a book about you, and if you want to be involved, that's fantastic. But I also understand if you don't want to be involved." Mm-hmm. And Barry was like, I, I thank you, man. I appreciate you coming up to me like that, but I'm going to have to pass on that because I really don't like getting that private in my life. He was like, he wrote, he wrote an early, uh, he just came out with one too. His latest book was on the Kobe and Shaq years of the yeah. Lakers. I ended up buying that on Amazon for some reason. I don't know. It was kind of an impulse buy because I heard the interview. The three ring, three ring circus. I mean, the, the, the plug, the plug that he made on the radio interview that I heard, it worked. Like I went to yeah. go buy that book. I was like, damn. Um, is it, good, is that, it a good book? Good book? Yeah. Uh, no, well, actually, I haven't, I haven't started reading it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah that's it. with a lot of books. I buy them, think I'm going to read, and then I realize I don't read. Yeah, the um, secret is I'm almost finished with this Mets book, and I started it like a year ago. Um, but, is, it, uh, is it the same book that he wrote, Jeff Perlman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But some, he, he, he follows me on Twitter. I should ask him if he wants to come on sometime. The Mets would be great. He follows you on Twitter? Yeah, I didn't even realize today. I, I, I followed him. I was like, oh, shit, Jeff Perlman follows me? I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> um, but real, real quick on the, on the Barry Bond story. Yes. So while he's leaving the dug or the uh, the clubhouse, he goes. By the way, I talked to this uh, lady who helped you during Cub Scouts. She's going to be part of the book, just to like add like an extra like I got this person. So if you're not involved, Barry, I don't know what to tell you. Oof. And Barry Bonds, I guess, turns around and goes, "Bro, I wasn't even in Cub Scouts." And he goes, "No, he was. I have fucking proof." I have a picture of Barry Bonds and Cub Scouts. He is notorious for saying, man, that didn't happen. You're lying. And I have d- no Barry. Why are you lying? These things happened. <laughs> Jeff Perlman seems like an awesome guy. We should, we should talk to him sometimes if he's, if he's willing to stoop down to our level. I wouldn't mind seeing a movie just about the steroid era and not even a yeah. specific team, just all the guys involved in it. That'd be fascinating. But um, the hearings with uh, Jose and Mark McGuire and, uh, yep. Who's the guy it. who, who, uh, who pointed at the camera and said, I'm going to tell you right now. Rafael not, Palmero. Rafael Palmero. Yep. Yeah, I remember Sammy that. Sammy Sosa forgot to speak English. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that whole thing. 
Roger yeah. Clemens, I misremember. I think that'd be fascinating. But um that would be fascinating. The 86 Mets would be really good because that team was built with um cocaine. It's, it's basically like a it, it'd be like major league. It would really be yeah. like major league, except uh except you know, it'd be real and it wouldn't end on a bunt. So um uh I actually would really be interested in that. You got a guy like Keith Hernandez who uh, was struggling with a, a cocaine addiction with his time in St. Louis. He was a different type of dude. Uh, Kevin yeah. Mitchell, the up-and-coming rookie. Daryl Strawberry, who was just a, a dick to everybody. Um, that's something that was not mentioned in Doc and Daryl, but he was just a – maybe it was, yeah. but he was just a total asshole to everybody. Like, they told him, like, Daryl made you feel like shit, but he made you feel like a terrible person mm-hmm. anytime he talked to you. Like, not a good guy. Uh, I, I, I could see that, though, a little bit. Yeah. Gary Carter, like this – this um this catcher who's kind of the face of the team and uh these this these this crazy trio of pitchers who were the craziest out of everybody in terms of partying and stuff so that'd be fascinating um man what's another oh i'd be interested in and i'm just totally stealing this from the 30 for 30 but i think it would make for a great movie is uh that duke lacrosse team with all the allegations from that Ooh. one uh Ugh. from that one woman i think that'd be interesting It'd be interesting. It'd be that. dark as hell, though. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's really where I'm going here. Is uh, it'd be. I'm. I'm it, thinking more fun. You know, guys like they used to party and shit, Stephen. Well, yeah, but you need a beginning, middle, and end. Some of these no, you guys do. party. I wrote like I wrote. Honestly, this would be funny, but this would just be for my our entertainment as Warrior fans. But the mid 2010s Rockets, who were doing everything they could to beat the Warriors, <laughs> and they just couldn't. In the entire time, they're being led by a guy who's just constantly going to strip clubs the whole time. It would be a comedy slash musical because Daryl Morey, I don't know if you know this, he writes musicals. Does Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember he wrote a musical. Yeah. So I would love it if they made a Rockets movie where they tried so hard to beat the Warriors. And yes, all things you said, James Harden goes to strip clubs, doesn't care. You know, he's not as into it. And Daryl Morey only speaks in song. So it would just be like, you know. Chris Paul, get me out of here, man. I don't want to be here anymore. Well, I can't do that, Chris. You're part of the plan. <laughs> Losing time. That's Losing what they're going to call it. Losing Losing time. Time. Rockets. The story of the mid-2010s Rockets. <laughs> but no, uh, Steven. What, what about this, you? Any, anything else other than the Raiders? Well, that, see, this is the thing. I have always, like me and my dad have talked about this for years. And if you want to come aboard, come aboard. I'm de- I'm dead serious. I have no. I mean, I pe- I have friends that direct and edit and all that stuff. I kind of di- dabble in writing. I like I've it. always wanted to do this. I have always wanted to make a HBO miniseries about the Raiders, and I think it'd be fascinating. From Al Davis taking over the team in the '60s, from changing their name from the Seniors to the Raiders, they go to silver and black. They gets so close in all those you know famous games in the 70s and you see all that Ken Stabler partying and they move to LA in the 80s and Marcus Allen and Al Davis have their fights you already talked about it John Matuzak passing away um and then it would end I'll give away the ending it would you know fast forward you know you probably cut out Gruden given uh, all the stuff recently yeah. but we fast forward to the they probably end with Al's the the game after Al died of them winning in Houston, in mm-hmm. so it it would be half and half like the story of the Raiders, but also kind of like a biopic about Al Davis. Man, you're. you're I really, thought about this. I thought about this thoroughly. Well, yeah, you thought about it thoroughly, but you're just going straight to the top. 
You're just going, yeah, I'm going to get to HBO and make a mini series on HBO about this shit. No, I'm not going to start YouTube. I'm not going to do you. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something that people pay 10 bucks a month for and that makes millions of dollars. And it's well, a something very- that, well, hold on. Something this big should be on HBO, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking you're setting your sights a little high. And you, you, I mean, it's just like, what are you, Derek McKay? Fine. On fine on our on our YouTube channel, I'll do a flip book of the, of, the, of the Raiders. Here's the Raiders in 1960. Here's our little crew drawing. Hey man, just to build up the Just Your Opinion Man podcast, the Raiders miniseries. I mean, no. Yeah, we'll 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 do it like uh, how Jack Black and Most Def did it in uh, Be Kind Rewind. It'll be like half ass, like us in wigs. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other teams though from the past that I'd be interested in seeing a movie or HBO miniseries about. You could make a movie about the two guys that are going to fight right now in UFC 272. Is is the press conference starting? Well, they're in the middle of the videos, and they're going to present everybody. So we still got a solid 10 to 15 minutes until it actually starts. But we also got 13 until the Warriors game starts. That's true. So let's end with this. We're both movie fans. We're both – like one of the – like I I hate – one of the biggest things I hate in sports topics now is who's the GOAT, obviously. Uh Uh-huh. Who's the best? Michael Jordan, LeBron, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Wayne Gretzky. I only... What? Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah. Well, who, who who's debating Wayne Gretzky as the greatest of all time? Well, he's the GOAT of GOATs, Derek. He's the greatest GOAT of all time. He's the GGOT. Oh, God. Okay. Then I'm willing down to stoop... To, I'm willing to do this for a dumber conversation, but <laughs> one that I think is fun. I love Batman. I don't know how you feel about Batman. Uh, I'm not a big superhero guy, but I've always gravitated towards Batman. I'm going to be an old fuddy-duddy and say that I don't think we should make any more Batman movies after Christopher Nolan nailed it. But here we are this weekend. A new Batman movie is coming out with Robert Pattinson playing Batman. It's three hours long, but I'm happy to go see it. Steven, I can't believe I'm saying this. Who is the goat when it comes to playing Batman? Hmm. Well, see, that's a, that's an interesting question because if you're talking about the Batman character alone, wow, Jorge Masvidal brought out a gold suitcase. What is that? If you're talking about... <laughs> I if love how fascinated you are about this dumb shit. <laughs> what are you talking... Dude, this is real. This is all real. It's it's real as it gets. That's why UFC is so fascinating to me because it genuinely... It's 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 actually like wrestling, but not scripted. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get your 70 seconds on it next podcast. But... Uh, what was the question again? Oh, who, Batman. Who, yeah, who, uh, who's, who's the best Batman of all time? Well, I, I'd, I'd like to think Michael Keaton is, but the Dark Knight series, it's just like you can't top that. You can't top those movies. So if you're asking me who the best Batman is, I'd probably say Michael Keaton, but those certainly weren't the best movies. Um, Do you know how big of a risk it was to have Michael Keaton play Batman back in the day? No. Because prior to that, he was just Beetlejuice and Mr. Mom. Right. Wasn't oh, like, see, listen to this. They're fighting already. This is great. Okay. Anyway, we'll, 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 sorry. we'll speed it up. We've kept this uh, going for an hour and 15. Let's go. <laughs> so Michael Keaton was a comedy guy back in the day. He was Mr. Mom and he wasn't like, you know, in, you know, ridiculous shape or anything, but they made him Batman. And yeah, I, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I would say that Christian Bale was a very good Batman, but those are better movies. I don't know. So you know, Christian Bale was a great Batman. Yeah, I've met Adam West. Very funny guy. 
uh, went to go see a screening of the old, like, the, the, in my opinion, I love Batman, but one of my favorites, if it, just for comedy purposes, the old 1960s Batman movie where he's trying to get rid of a bomb. You know, mm. you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, days, where he's just, where he's yeah, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. And it's like ridiculous things like, wait, we were at C. C? C for Catwoman. Hmm. And that dolphin was pulling my leg. The Joker. Huh. Well, this seems like a riddle. Riddle-er. The Riddler. Just goofy shit like that makes me laugh. Adam West, before he died, me and my buddy met him. Great guy. He's not the best Batman. The best Batman, in my opinion, and this goes back to the old animated series, which is amazing. You know that you know the '90s animated series. Why do you have to be so obscure with everything? Because I'm because I have to be different than everybody else. Because all of you are sheep. <laughs> Always the different. Way. I'm picking Kevin Conroy. If you know who I'm talking about, you know it's the voice, the voice mm. of Batman, the old '90s Batman in the video games, the Arkham Asylum games. That is Batman to me. Conroy was the nickname for my grandparents because my gr- Nana's name was Connie and my granddad's name was Roy. So we called him Conroy. Fun fact. Oh, it, was like, it, it was like a, a, a Benefer before it's time. Yeah, we're going to Conroy's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are you going to see the movie this weekend or no? Not this weekend. I'm going to try and see it next week. Uh, the review, my favorite review that I've seen is that Robert Pattinson doesn't smile enough. <laughs> As Batman. Who said that? I don't remember the name. Is that, but... is that a new Twitter outrage where Robert Patterson as Batman is not smiling enough? That was a review that was legitimately written on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. At least well, when from you and I, newspaper. I'm going to see it tomorrow night. When you see it, let me know and review it on the podcast. Um, I'll let you know my experience at the Laker game this weekend, too. Please. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, winning time. You got mm-hmm. HBO, right? Yep. Okay, cool. We'll watch it. Uh, for the viewers watching or listening to the podcast, my work made me uh, work a lot next week because of free agency frenzy. So we're going to change things up a little bit. We'll be back Monday. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Podcast will come out Tuesday. And then we're going to do something we haven't done probably since our days of like trying this out where we didn't actually stream it live. We just did like practice podcasts. Because free agency is happening more so towards Monday, we're going to do a whole free agency preview show on Saturday. Next Saturday, that'll be our second show. And we'll put the podcast out, I think, on Sunday or maybe late Saturday night. So that's the schedule for next week, Monday, Saturday, for Just Your Opinion, man. You cool with that, Steven? I'm all good with that. All right, I'll let you get to your press conference with friends turning enemies. It's terrible. So good. how could you enjoy that? It's terrible. It's like uh, the fox and the hound. It's just, just, it's just hard to watch. You're comparing UFC press conferences to fox and the hound? Fox and the hound started as such a beautiful friendship, and they hated each other. Mm. Well, I mean, that's exactly what this is. Yes. And Look, man, ugh, this, guy didn't tra- this guy became the champion. He didn't pay the trainer the money that he was supposed to. He called Brazil a dump. Oh, it's going to be great. All right. Well, we'll get your whole review of this. This fight's happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a good okay. one. All right. Well, that'll be your 
70 second soccer segment for whatever reason joe rogan uh joe rogan making his way return to ufc 272 he had to take the last event off uh because he was embroiled in controversy but uh now no. he's, he's back in two, UFC two weeks make it all the better all we right. were confirmed we had we have had it confirmed i think it's because we joined spotify now we're the most controversial podcast on spotify damn right it is and on that note even see what you always say oh, that is just our opinion but man shout out to john curley oh john curley Love you.